0: everyone, welcome to the Lakers Outsiders Podcast. My name is Donnie McHenry. I'm joined this evening by my good pal Raj Apollo. Raj, how you doing this evening?
1: Hey Donnie, I'm doing great. This is maybe the best weekend or days of like consistent Lakers basketball that we've had in a very long time. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good.
0: Yeah, uh, Lakers on, what, three-game winning streak right now? Anthony Davis is an absolute god. Um, Sure, we're going to be talking about him a decent amount on this pod. Uh, First, before we kind of get started, I had to bring up, uh, I let Raj know right before this pod that our last episode on the Lakers Outsiders podcast feed was titled Running out of hope for the Lakers. Okay, so it wasn't as bad as what I told you before the pod. Running out of hope for the Lakers. So I decided, and I remember this clip right after this weekend, decided to pull a little clip from near the end of that pod. What you're first going to hear here, and I'm going to play it for Raj, but I'll splice it in so it sounds real nice. But what you're going to hear here is Raj's opinion on how we were going to do against the Cavs in the middle of this road trip, which is the next game on this road trip. So first you're going to hear uh, Roger's opinion on what we're going to do against the Cavs. Now this opinion was given after the Pacers oh, loss, so keep that in mind. And then you'll hear uh, me, him, and Walt kind of talk about a little hypothetical we might have or uh, that we kind of have in our head. Well, you can at least
1: chalk down that Cleveland one as a loss for me. I just think we just don't match up well with with the Cavs. It's two guards who can score, so. I'm I'm off on that
0: one. Here, here, we'll close on this. So, looking at the schedule, well, us three or four, of course, got to figure out our personal schedules, but it kind of seems like we could maybe record next Monday. If the Lakers somehow beat Trailblazers, Bucks, and Wizards, I know how Roger's going to be feeling on Monday, but I'm going to hold him accountable, and I'm going to play him the clip of him talking about uh, our chances against the Cavs because I know if that happens, Rogers is going to be thinking, "Cavs, Cavs, Lakers are beating the Cavs down, man." Mm-hmm. I would never say the Lakers would lose against the Cavs.
1: <laughs> if we beat the Bucks, we're recording on Saturday morning. Like that's, <laughs> that's definitely <laughs> happening. 100. percent I'm going to force all of you into it. I don't. I, I can. Don't hey, a if we, game. if we.
0: So how about that? Literally, I was. I was sitting at that Bucs game and I, that's all I was thinking about was us talking about that towards the end of the pod. So here we are. The, the Trailblazers, beaten. The Bucks beaten. The Wizards, done for. And now here we are. Lakers on a three-game winning streak. Uh, got the Cavs today, if you're hold listening on, to this hold right on, now. Hold on, hold on. Cavs? Cavs? We're beating the Cavs. <laughs> We're beating the Cavs, man. Not a doubt in my mind. Um, yep. Had to just kick off with that because I mean, everything just fell into place. Uh, I kind of just, I was thinking, actually, I think I was thinking about that podcast clip, like in the second quarter of that Bucks game, because I was like, (laughs) wow, I think, I think the Lakers not only have a chance at winning this, but I think they're in the driver's seat in this game right now. Um, absolutely did not expect that bucks game to happen um i think i left out part of the clip where i said you know if the bucks win everyone can come thank me i had i had that on twitter and people kind of noticed it and I, i was like joking but i got a few thank yous though like in the replies like thank you with like the praying emoji like guys guys i'm joking i'm joking but nah keep them coming keep them coming so yeah man obviously huge because of anthony davis basically he's put the team on his back like almost single-handedly obviously lebron had a really good game against the bucks though the other day um and russ is still keeping it going uh even though i feel like he did kind of have some some headache inducing moments uh on sunday against the wizards but i don't know kind of just talk about this team and like i don't know like do you think we're just gonna keep riding anthony davis until like a trade happens just riding on his back on 40 to 50 point games every night so just to
1: give some backstory during that bucks game i remember uh i was you know i was invited to go to a concert and i was like yeah you know what that's this is probably like a bad loss let's just like uh let me just take that one off and uh I remember I went and got a haircut like in the middle of the second quarter. And so (laughs) I saw that we were up and I think I texted you Mm -hmm. like, fill me in. What in the world happened? And you're like, AD is going crazy Um, (laughs) and we're hitting our jump shots. No, that was incredible. And it's been, I don't know, it's been way too long since, you know, I've had a game where we felt like that. And I mentioned Mm -hmm. like the Lonnie Walker dunk earlier in the year on the Clippers that was like one singular moment and it feels like we got a full game of like holy shit it's two really good teams and we're one of the good teams like we're one of the good teams that's playing um so no it's been it's been really fun Anthony Davis has become the best player not on, only on the Lakers but I think I think there's no one playing better basketball right now and that just changes a lot of the mindset and the approach and the urgency of like I think what this season should be, but this was one of the best weekends of like Laker basketball in a long time.
0: Yeah, I, it's gonna be very, like, I mean, just talking about AD, I really can't believe what he's doing. And like, you know, he's now put himself in like the upper echelon of Lakers, like all time greatness with some of these stats I keep seeing. I think it's what he's the first Laker with two 40-plus-point games in a row since Kobe in 2013, Kobe. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, just crazy LeBron hasn't done that, and two, crazy that AD has now, you know, yeah. as a big man. Like, I feel like we always make a point where it's like, it's kind of just easier to go off on any given night in the NBA when you're a guard. Like, just it's kind of just as simple as that. Like, just more easy to be creative out there and just get different types of baskets and stuff like that. But... Hey, when you're a six foot, 11, seven foot absolute athletic monster like Anthony Davis is, especially compared to every single center he's toned up against. Like, yeah, it turns out that when you really assert your dominance and just just like he basically every single time now, every single play when he gets the ball, you can tell in his mind, it's like, all right, I'm scoring in the damn paint and I don't know what they're going to do to try to stop me, but I'd love to see what it is. <laughs> Let me
1: ask you this, and I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but is this AD better than 2020? Like, I th- at least, like, I think the two way impact with the roster around him and the level of LeBron James that he's getting, like, beside him, I think this is the best, like, basketball stretch of, like, AD's career. And, you know, I know it's only nine games um that he's been like on this super mega tear but he's been good for the entire season like the nba season is what 10 nine game stretches so like if you <laughs> like this i was map, gonna say i was <laughs> like
0: you say you say nine game sample size like it's like a very small yeah. sample size I'm like that's once you get once you get a, a stretch of games where you're playing consistently at a high level for like i'd say once you get to seven or eight games yeah like it's at least if it's not you as a whole like, if it's not, you know, stating what you are, like, consistently, yeah. it's at least a part of you. Like, it's at least something that could come out, like, whenever, you know?
1: Yeah, and, like, the Bucks game gets, obviously, the biggest, um, it's going to get the most attention. I think the, mo- the Washington game as well. But that Suns game, I mean, the Suns are a good team, and he put it to them as well um obviously brooklyn isn't a great team uh the spurs aren't you know some great team either um but like you know those are teams still in the league those teams used to have to go through detroit as well so like is this a better ad than we've gotten 2020 i think this is a like to me donnie i think like AD's what 29 or is he 30 now i'm not
0: sure but i think he's I think, 29 i think he his next birthday he turns 30
1: 30 okay yeah so to me like that's the age where like players they get to that like point of like where their athletic peak matches their mental peak you know like to me i think that's the age where like superstars hit that like i think you see how Kawhi kind of hit that realm i think paul george turning 29 30 kind of hit that like i know what my game is and there's not really a defense that's gonna stop me i'm kind of playing myself every night
0: what like I think LeBron won his first championship when he was twenty eight, twenty nine. I could be wrong. twenty seven.
1: I think he was in Miami. Like I, I don't understand. I guess I the goat. I guess, the, go- I guess
0: the goat can get a little early on it. You know, <laughs> he can get a little, he can get an early step on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, like look, Kobe won his young, but I think like Kobe had his full mastery at like, you know, that like twenty. Is at 28 like and to me 09 Kobe was like peak where like the mental matched the athletic and like I'm not comparing Anthony Davis to Kobe Bryant but like just in terms of like superstars where they hit that like peak I think this is the age that it usually comes about and I think this is a better player dying than we got in in 2020 like I think this is a this is a more rounded guy that kind of understands like what his what his job is every night and he's kind of found an aggression level that can kind of match it
0: i think i think this current ad is definitely better than the ad we got during the regular season of the championship (laughs) season um like if he does this past eight nine game stretch for the rest of the season stays healthy one especially if the lakers make a trade and get better he's almost certainly going to be in the mvp conversation i mean why he's, he's averaging 28.1 points per game right now or something like that which is wild to think about just like like i know he we just said he's has a large sample size now of playing insanely well but like it's still crazy to see him have 28 points per game with like how <laughs> the beginning of the season went For, like yeah. forget the team stuff like it's not like he was having like you know this type of season to start like far from it so Seeing 28 points per game, especially from him, just crazy. And I also kind of think that this, you know, I don't know if I could put this above bubble AD just because, like, it was almost, like, stupid. Like, it was honestly, like, I feel like every single game started off with him nailing, like, two or three mid-range jumpers, like, in the first quarter alone. And it's like, and then, like, once you do that as, like, how big he is, it's like the other team doesn't have a chance for the rest of the night. It was, like, one of those, like, it, it, it's, like, it's just not sustainable, you know. It's sustainable for whatever, 16 wins in the bubble. But, like, you know, what he's doing now where he's just relentlessly attacking the rim, being a defensive monster on the other end. And I just feel like that Bucks game, you know, like, now I feel like, just wait, Raj, we're going to get, like, like, you know, even if we beat the Cavs tomorrow, it's going to be like, oh, Jared Allen just got back from injury. Like, you know, but we're going to start getting the kind of discredit towards like these Lakers wins and these like A D performances. Like eventually it's going to be like, all he did was like do something crazy against the Bucks. Like all of teams suck. But like, <laughs> like the fact that like, here's what I say to that, because I know what's coming eventually, like the Bucks have the best defense at the rim in the NBA mm-hmm. with Giannis and Brooke Lopez. Like two I'd say, of the year, I'd say those two with AD are the two best rim def- or the three, those three right there, two, three best rim defenders in the NBA and LeBron and AD's game plan was literally, let's do pick and rolls on the wing and then just run at run at these two behemoths at the rim. And we're going to score like two out of three times. They did, that, they did that the entire second half. They weren't thinking like, oh, let's do this, pick and roll, so that we can do a kick out to Lonnie on the three, you know, stay away from these two big guys. Nah, they were just like, we're just going at them all single all night. Granted, Giannis got a big block, big block on LeBron, and Brooke Lopez got a big block on AD D two. but what I love even more is that they just said, yeah, we don't really care. Like, yeah, we can hear the Milwaukee faithful, like, in our ear, but we're just gonna keep going to this like and we'd love to see you guys try and stop it you were you
1: were there what was those what did those blocks feel like in the arena because that must have been just so an incredible like thing to even as obviously you're an opposing fan but like just being oh no i love that that
0: stuff so i love like i almost actually wrote about this for the site but then i kind of just lost track of time but Uh, I kind of love being a Lakers fan in Chicago (laughs) (laughs) because one, I told you this other day, Midwesterners, I feel like Midwesterners don't really care that much about the Lakers, but they hate LeBron, hate LeBron (laughs) with a passion. Uh, mostly stems from like Chicago Bulls fandoms, like for obvious reasons, Bulls fans really don't like LeBron. Um, they had to go through him. Well, they never really went through him. They had to run into him (laughs) for so many years with the Heat and with the Cavs on his second uh, go-around. So, and obviously, every single Midwesterner, even whether they're a Bulls fan or not, like, worships Michael Jordan like he's got. So, plenty of reasons why Midwesterners hate LeBron. Um, And I love, I just love going to these Lakers games, especially because there's usually a ton of lakers fans already but let me tell you i don't think i've ever seen a stadium go from relative calmness if not silence cuz like it's like man like these lakers are really taking it to us and especially on that play cuz it was a lakers fast break with lebron holding the ball and i've just never seen a stadium go from like silence to the loudest uproar like you've ever heard and then like i can't remember what they did on the other end but they got a basket
1: and you got a dunk Giannis
0: took so, like two
1: steps from the three-point line and so and I think no he that was it.
0: no that was okay yes yes he, he finger rolled it and then yeah. not too long later was brooke lopez's block which resulted in a huge Giannis dunk those two and then plays like, like
1: went to the crowd and was like mm-hmm. louder. Yeah, it
0: was. And me and my like brother, both like fans, obviously just sitting there. And I was just like, honestly, I was just laughing. I was like, man, like <laughs> does like Giannis or that was the first time I ever saw Giannis in person. He is mm-hmm. he's still like, my, for he's sure. still my favorite, uh, non Laker in the league. Like by far, he is insane to watch just like, Basically, just those one, uh, he would kind of come in, him and uh, Chris Middleton would come in the last, like, minute 30 of the first and third quarters, I think it was, mm-hmm. and they'd be doing that. They were coming out against with, like, the bench lineups <laughs> against the Lakers, like uh, like Russ, TB, uh, Wenyon Gabriel, you know, that type of lineup, and, like, just seeing Giannis get the ball pretty much right inside the half court line and seeing Gabriel plus like a helping Thomas Bryant and just like seeing that and me knowing in my head I'm like this is ending in either a Giannis basket or free throws or both like in in knowing that for a fact and just seeing poor Gabriel get down in his defensive stance and like act like Giannis isn't going to like put a, a shoulder in his chest and just like throw him into like sh- into Chicago like, it's so funny and it's just so, like, you know, like, I know we love AD, but Giannis is, like, a whole nother level just in terms of, like, what he can do from coming from the three-point line. It's crazy. Not a whole other level. Just a, lo- a smidge level above AD. No, Giannis has reached a, you know, a consistency
1: and, like, an effort level and, like, a place where 30 and, like, 10 is, like, the bar for him where he just mm-hmm. gets that. Whenever he wants, he's just absurd. I, I still don't think, like, the Bucks are on national, like, TV enough. Like, I, I don't think people <laughs> watch the Bucks like, enough to understand, like, how crazy. They... I remember watch, watching them play. I think they played, like, Dallas or something. And just absolutely Giannis just cooked the whole Mavericks team. And I was like, there's no one stopping this dude if, if they're healthy. Um, but I was looking <coughs> up while, you know, while you were talking because we you were mentioning the bubble. Game two of the NBA Finals, which, you know, Donnie, that's a pretty important game. That's like a pretty big deal. Anthony Davis, that game, went 15 for 20. 15 for 20. You're talking about how stupid that was. Him and LeBron were 29 for 45 that game. Here are the rest of the starters, Donnie. The rest of the starters go 8 25 from the field. Oh those two those two were just stupid good. And I still don't think like like obviously today a lot of the conversation was dominated around, you know, this being a short stretch or this being a, you know, a blimp in whatever people think of Anthony Davis. I still don't think like he gets the benefit of like being of doing it on the stage, you know, of like where it matters. And you you talked about him averaging twenty eight. Here's his numbers the last ten. Uh or not oh, yeah, I think it's ten. Because we started two and ten and we're what? Ten and twelve now, are we? I think we're ten and twelve. Um
0: right? I believe so. The uh, Lakers are ten and twelve. Correct.
1: Ten and twelve, yeah. So we've gone eight and two, and I think eighty missed one of those games. Um so here's I guess his last His last nine, I had it pulled up here. I'm trying to give him the full.
0: By the way, right Right. before you start, another thing I caught in our last podcast episode was Mm -hmm. that we were optimistically predicting three and four, including the Trailblazers (laughs) game in there. So (laughs) let's pray to God. Let's pray to God that doesn't come true because that'll be a real depressing bot next week if that happens.
1: Um, But, you know, since two and ten, here's the numbers, Donnie. Thirty-five points... Almost sixteen rebounds, three blocks, and they're a plus fourteen net when he's on the floor. Those are stupid numbers, and people are like, "He won't average that for a season." Well, no duh. Like if he averages that for a season, <laughs> like I like close everything. But thirty-five and sixteen. I mean, those are just if just he, stupid if he averages
0: that for the rest of the season. Like if he gets all those numbers, he's I think Wilt Chamberlain has been reincarnated <laughs> inside of him. <laughs> 'Cause those are those are wilt those are wilt against like six foot four white guy numbers. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, and you see you mentioned how the, the bubble was just stupid. I don't think like this is like stupid, you know, like this isn't like fadeaway turnaround mid range jumpers like he's Kevin Durant. This is like I'm gonna put my body into a big man and hit like all these floaters and these runners and like mm-hmm. You know, and like he's the center now, so like he's initiating a lot more stuff, and it just none of it feels like fate to me. Like he's getting to the line a lot. Like I don't know. Like what do you think about that? Like this feels more like I could do this on a nightly. Like you watch Giannis drop thirty, and you're never like, oh, like he had a like he had a game that isn't normal for him. You know, like Giannis yeah, gets Giannis all the is points, like.
0: Giannis is in like very much LeBron James territory in terms of, I feel like you could watch an entire Bucks game and think like, yeah, Giannis had like a like a decent game, yeah. And then he has like thirty and ten, like you said, like he's in like that type of territory. Like yeah. I feel like LeBron, uh, I don't know if LeBron. I mean, I'd say LeBron's still there, but like like so many times throughout the year, throughout these faster years following LeBron with Lakers, I'd be like, man bronze kind of having yeah. a slow rough game and it's like 25 7 and 7 <laughs> and i'm like wait that's this is the slow game i thought he was having
1: yeah yeah L- luca's in that as well like i watch a mavericks game mm-hmm. he'd be like oh like luca's kind of playing okay and then like they put his stats up and it's like 26 <laughs> 11 and 8 you know it'd be like, like it'd six, be like threes. scored or
0: assisted on the last 30 yeah. points like <laughs> something like that it's like oh okay i'm just an idiot
1: um <laughs> i don't I don't think 80 will get there in terms of like 30 points but like I think if he's in the like 25 and 10, you know, on like good efficiency like that's a top 5 player in the league. Like that's like that's a, that's a, with his two-way like impact. That's like a top 5 dude um in the game. So I think he's reaching like that level. Like you know, LeBron would be like 27 8 and 8 mm-hmm. on just ridiculous numbers in his prime and like you talk about Giannis is like 30-10 with like three blocks um and so I think 80 is getting into to that that territory at least
0: yeah and like I feel like we've kind of made the point here I really just do think this is like sustainable I mean really yeah. the Bucks game the Bucks game is really all I need it's like and it's not like you know I just talk about those crazy blocks that the Bucks have it's not like they were kind of Taking that game like they were taking a chill approach that game like no they were trying to deliver they delivered multiple blows like to the Lakers where I honestly even there watching the game live I was like man you know like if the Lakers kind of you know fold over here like they've really like taken a few punches from the Bucks like I won't be too mad like AD and LeBron have showed out like they've showed that they're still like amazing players I'm fine with losing this game. um but I credit just credit to them for not, like honestly. And that kind of, you know, if like I said, if they can do it against the Bucks, they can do it against anyone. Except maybe not the Cavs. So kind of use that as a little stepping stone point. Ooh. What do you are you thinking? Are you have like it's it's like so hard to say. This is what I'm saying. We've got the Raj now. You know, the Raj of last week is gone. The Raj of this week is here. I I can tell by your face that you don't, that you're not really scared of the Cavs. But, <laughs> and speaking of which, another team, another team who's having a star player get healthy right before us. You know, we had Chris Milton on Friday. Uh, tonight, I didn't see what he did, but I know James Harden was playing on a minutes restriction. He'll be probably getting that minutes restriction bumped up for our Friday game against them, right? I think that's right? Yeah, I believe so. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's Tuesday and Wednesday back-to-back and then. Friday. They
1: played a double overtime, I think, today against they did. Houston. They did? Did they lose? Okay.
0: Did they... I hope so. That'd be funny. Um, but then tomorrow... They did lose, today, by if... the way. Okay. Today, if you're listening to it, they're <laughs> playing the Cavs, and apparently Jared Allen's going to be back. Like He's straight up just not even on the injury report. He's going to be back. So... And I'll it's look up what the Cavs are kind of doing lately um, while you while you kind of answer this, but do you think, like, are you, are you coming in with this mindset, like, if Anthony Davis can do this against Giannis and Brooke Lopez, he can do it against anybody, like, I better see it? Or are you kind of thinking, like, who knows, like, with the, you know, with Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland kind of also putting pressure on uh, AD on the defensive end, like, maybe he might, you know, have a little crash back down to earth against Mobley and like Jared Allen, or what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, I think I said it last week, and I I think it still reigns true. I think Cleveland's a bad matchup for us. Um, I think two two pull-up heavy guards kind of feeds right into what we give up as a team. Um, But look, man, if eighty's going to drop, what, even if he wants to drive, if he comes out and it's like, "Hey, I'm dropping 45 tonight," and there's just nothing you can do, you're gonna win a lot of ball games. I mean, like the the bar that you need. Plus, I think LeBron like just gets up for games in Cleveland. Like, there's something about playing. Defense. That's a very good point. Did we win in Cleveland last year? I, honestly, I'm not I sure, see.
0: but I was gonna say like I honestly could see this being. You know, before the game, I could see LeBron kind of just looking at AD and just kind of be like, hey, you've been kind of just, like, killing it for us lately. Like, you know. And honestly, like, who's LeBron going to be matched up against in this game? Um, Like, I know Dean Wade's out. So what? He's going to be getting guarded by, like, also. Also, I just want to point out, I was not saying that, like, (laughs) like, Dean Wade would have any help or hope against LeBron James, but, like... Who's going to be guarding him? Is it going to be, is it going to be like Evan Wobley? Like maybe like in a weird sort of situation, is it going to be Kevin Love? Is it going to be like Donovan Mitchell randomly at times? This kind of seems like to me, a nice game of, you know, AD still out there, but sort of a, like a planned, you know, AD, like let's let LeBron try and go off a little bit, give you sort of like an in-game rest you know, still protect the paint kill it on the defensive end. But let's see if we can get LeBron going early to try and, you know, give you at least like a quarter, like a break in during a quarter. Cause you know, I've, you know, we don't want to talk about, you know, the I word or uh, the H word injury or health, but you know, a man can only do so much. And we know like about AD's history. I would love if like LeBron just came out, nailed like three threes in the first quarter and just kind of set the tone early. And then we go from there, you know?
1: Well, like, look, like eighty's on a tear, and I think you you go to that well until there's nothing left, right? Like, that's not true. in terms of like not in terms of like emptying the well, but like you go there and be like, okay, how long do you want to do this? We're going to go as long as you
0: want. Basically, really quick side basically note: go to, basically, go to it until some team implements a game plan that actually stops <laughs> it.
1: Yeah, or you know, you find the game plan that stops it, right? Like you you, right. you have the team that you you find the team that's able to stop it, but. Just quick side note: Last year we won, we beat Cleveland twice, so we actually did win on the road in Cleveland, um, in March. Here's our starters, by the way. Here Everyone trying right, Let me try, this... and, let me try right. and guess them. This is in oh, March. Okay. This is in. Let me get the exact date: March 21. Yeah, so obviously we were pretty. I think we were kind of out of the playoff. We were 31 and 41 oh, at this man. time. So All right. yeah.
0: So i'm gonna guess i'll start with is this a lebron james at center with no ad game this is a no
1: ad game uh lebron james is not at center um so no he is not at center 100 percent. Mm, to start at. you're he's, not sure
0: yeah. though okay. no i'm sure yeah yeah okay i, I saw james a name there at that center. he's not at center no so gabriel's at center
1: gabriel is in the starting lineup um There's another center in the starting lineup.
0: Wait, who am I forgetting? I mean, it's not DeAndre Jordan. It's not DeAndre Jordan. No, he's not even on the team at this point. He's not.
1: Was he cut at this point?
0: I think so, because this is after the trade deadline for sure.
1: Yes. Yes, it is.
0: Mm -hmm. Did he
1: go to another team in season?
0: Well, while I'm trying to figure out the center, Avery Bradley. Why would he play center? No, I'm saying while I'm trying to figure out the center. Oh, let sorry. me guess some other <laughs> <Our> names. <laughs> Avery Bradley.
1: Shockingly, no. Avery Bradley actually. Hey, I figured five. that
0: was. a I figured Avery that was. Bradley, a
1: Avery Bradley only played five minutes in this game. Probably. All right, I have zero idea. Hit me. Hit me with the whole lineup. Okay, let me give you the center. Okay, give try me the to center. get the other players. The center is Dwight Howard. He
0: starts the game. Oh my center. god, I forgot Dwight Howard was on the team last year. <laughs> All right. By, give me the all right. Howard, me, me, okay. LeBron. And you already said right. Gabriel. Yeah. And then oh man.
1: Austin Reeves? One's Austin Reeves. All right. And then and were you gonna starter? say one's really weird? No, I said uh, I was gonna say um they're all still on the team today. So Oh, um shit. Let me see the main one, I mean. Who else would start? Uh, Russ, 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 yeah, Russ. Right. <laughs> this is such a crazy game because, okay, so Russ is a plus twenty three in this game. I think he has one of his best games as a Laker. Twenty points, eleven assists, only one turnover. One incredible ball game. LeBron plays forty minutes in this one. Thirty eight points, seventeen for twenty nine. Does not hit a three. Um, fun little. Fun little back in time for the Cavs, actually. I thought maybe someone was out, but Garland drops 29 um, next to Laurie Markinen, Lamar Stevens, Isaac Okoro, and Evan Mobley. So it looks like Jared Allen was hurt. Um, but So, yeah, I think we're going to get a, a, a pumped-up LeBron tomorrow. We have AD playing the best basketball of his career. I still think you know this is just a tough matchup. I think Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland are just absolute hell to defend, and Allen and Mowley give us are going to give us fits defensively. But Donnie, I'm feeling way better than I was a week ago in this game. Like I, I definitely feel like we have a chance. The Cavs haven't been playing incredible. I think they lost to the Knicks.
0: I was just about to, I was about to say. May I bring up the fact that uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers scored. 81 points against. Here, let me just give you. Uh, in the last eight games, the New York Knicks rank twentieth uh, in defensive rating. And They're on bad. the season, yeah. on the season, I feel like it's even worse. Knicks are twenty third in defense rating, and the Cleveland Cavaliers barely broke eighty against them. So we'll okay. see. I assume that the Cavs are much better at home than they are on the road, considering some of the games I've paid attention to with them. And obviously, like we said, uh, Jared Allen has not played in some time. I don't know how long, but obviously the Lakers are in town, so he's back <laughs> healthy, healthy as that. He's, he's
1: he's still questionable, actually. I was looking. He's on he the is? injury report. Sure? Yes, yes. He's okay. questionable tomorrow. They're going to see how he feels um but like you said they're probably he's probably going to play really quickly to your point uh, they're 10 and 1 at home that's 10 like and one? oh that's right. like a 60 win team type of record and they're 5 and 8 on the road so you're that you're exactly to your point they win a lot of games at home they're not good um, on the road and, and
0: uh, sadly like one of those 5 wins is against the lakers right right yep yep, yep. you're right 100 yeah.
1: a game where and we went up big right to start that game too i
0: would say either way night and day difference of what the lakers team was uh in that game compared to now um wanted to touch on something real quick you were bringing up russ's stat point or stat line from that game last Ooh, year okay 20 and 11 you know where i'm going uh <laughs> let's talk about him now um He's still the elephant in the room. He has been for quite some time now. But now he's kind of, kind of, I'm going to say that. I'll, I'll put the caveat of kind of playing well recently. Um, I think people have been giving it a little too much credit for what has been going on specifically the last three to five games. Um, yeah. I think the bench experiment right away was working so well. And I feel like we've kind of not come around to this, but let me just read off his stats on like the last five games. He's averaging 13.2 points per game in 26.8 minutes. Obviously, like I said, all of them are off the bench. Um, Averaging, this is the biggest part, and he had 15 assists assists against the Wizards on Sunday. He's averaging 8.4 assists in those 26 minutes per game. Only 3.6 turnovers, so assist to turnover ratio, I don't even have to look. I know that assist to turnover ratio is blowing last year's out of the water. Um, And then uh, other than that, he's got six rebounds as well. I think his overall just attitude and just everything has been so much different than last year. Like, I really don't think it's just as simple as, oh, the Lakers are bringing him off the bench and everything's going well he's just doing so many more winning plays this season compared to last year. And he has such a better attitude about everything. And he's not taking as much as many, as many dumb shot attempts on the offensive end. So credit to him. He is certainly not the player he was last year, but we got to figure out a way to make this team better. As like I said, the elephant in the room he's the biggest trade chip we have uh numbers wise 47 million or whatever heck he's getting paid so i think i know the answer to the question raj but are you are you having any sort of second thoughts on trading Russ?
1: <laughs> so i think the only like thing that's really changed in my mind is like he is being productive and this is the most like annoying part of this whole thing and i think we've spent hours like going over this in the summer and asking like and like saying oh no like they must make a move because you have a team that's now in a rhythm like whatever we feel about russell westbrook our own personal you know feelings about how good he is or how good he isn't the team has found some rhythm right in like Mm -hmm guys have figured out where they get shots from, where their minutes are coming from, uh, how to play in different units. And I still think a rush trade is the best valuable the most viable like path becoming a real contender. Right. I think this team is going to live off the back of Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Um and, you know, Russ is still I mean, look at his numbers, uh, not that the numbers tell the whole story, but um, like last year it was 7.1 assists to 3.8 turnovers. This year it's 7.7 assists to 3.5 turnovers. And that's still a lot of turnovers, you know, for, for a guy you're having, you know, coming off your bench and he's been better at it recently. But, um, I think the core issue is that like, in the Bucks, and I think I told you, to, told this to you as well, but like, you know, we won that Bucks game. That was great. It was still off, like, AD hitting two threes and LeBron hitting a three at the end. And, uh, like, I just think there's we have one too many guards and our guards can't shoot. And I think that's just a fundamental flaw that, like, I've heard, you know, I've heard the trade Pat Bev and Kendrick Nunn. I just don't know if that's getting you very much in the trade market um so training russ is still like your viable option and i still think that's the correct move i don't think you can just let him expire i do not believe he's getting extended by the team this year so all those kind of factors but he's played well he's carrying these like thomas bryant Wayne gabriel troy brown units that are really important in our second quarters Mm -hmm. he's pushing the pace and he comes in and just brings a different level of speed to the game that I think matters. But no, I'm still like, I think you have to make some type of move. I just think like his production no longer can be lost on what
0: you get back, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I just have zero idea where I'm at with it. Honestly, at this point, <laughs> I just kind of want a trade to happen and then we can... Yeah analyze after the fact but let me just ask you this so say we trade beverly nunn and let's just say one first maybe there's not even a first involved <clears throat> yeah let's say we trade that for insert three point shooting wing here like uh, we are already, we already know the names like bogdanovich Asik could just get i think you could just get healed with that i'm not sure but then I don't know more hypotheticals. Jay Crowder or um, freaking people from the Knicks. You know, there's plenty of examples. If we keep playing like this at like you know six and four, seven three pace over ten games for like the next couple months, would you could you see yourself getting really excited about you know one of those Pepe and none trades happening, but then the Rush trade not happening like. Could you see yourself being excited heading into the playoffs or will you do you think in the back of your head you should be thinking like, Man, this ain't enough?
1: Yeah, that's where I go back and forth on. Like to me, I don't like I think a title is so far away, like still even yeah. with how well we how well we've kind of played. The Lakers are gonna have um, a
0: they're gonna have like a back down to earth moment, I feel like, um, if it doesn't come this week, like but I'm looking at looking at that that first game home against the Celtics, like
1: well, see, the catch, though, is like, okay, maybe the Lakers come back down to earth. But what if AD and LeBron kind of stay at this, like, you know, peak, which they're more than capable of doing. Like, that's how good these two guys are. They're going to miss some games here and there. Here and there. But if you have those two at that level, like, if LeBron was, we were talking about AD's age, right? If LeBron was, like, there, then, yeah, you can play this long game. Mm -hmm. but you don't know how good LeBron's gonna be for how long so that's the catch with this and again Russ has been playing his role like he's done his role that's 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 great and he's done what we've asked uh or what the coaching staff has asked it's just like there's such a fundamental flaw in how those three fit together and with like how the roster is constructed we just don't have the talent to like give those two a real shot and i think russ Mm -hmm. the rush trade is the only viable option to getting there which is tough when you start winning and you have like lineups (laughs) because i'm sure darwin ham like he's put in a bunch of stuff and it's probably put a ton of work to get to wherever this is to get to like russ lineups that make sense T B and Wenyon, like to get to T B and Wenyon, you had to go through the Damian Jones road mm-hmm. to get there. Right? So like who yep. knows whoever you whatever you trade Russ for, there is some path to get to whatever that team's, you know, uh glory road is. So like, um, that's the tough part about this. And then we're already what, twenty something games in? Like
0: so. Yeah, I was just gonna say that, like, I feel like there's been kind of reporting from Yovan Buha, um, on the athletic, kind of something like, Oh, maybe they'll make a pet bev and none deal like in December and then see about like, you know, a rush trade like around the trade deadline. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, if we're making like all of this all of these trades or one of these or just the whatever. Whatever you guys are gonna do trade wise, I'm sorry. That's gonna happen like if not before 2023 or 2022 ends before like january 15th of january like <laughs> trading russ like you just said ham has put so much work in to get to where he's at right now with his rotation trading russ no matter how much better the lakers talent level is going to be with say like buddy Hill, miles turner they're gonna he's gonna have some real work to do to figure out a completely new rotation. And, what, that's going to take, like, probably a it's month a fu- to be it's realistic? A fundament-
1: it's a fundamental change to your team. It's not just a change in rotation, right? You're not swapping – what do we do in the bubble? Swap Avery Bradley for KCP, right? Like, I think Avery Bradley sat out of the bubble. So and then, KCP like, started. for another example,
0: just, like, throw Markeith Morris onto the team.
1: Right, like a 3 and D wing. Like, Russ, when he's on the floor, he still cannibalizes your offense. He mm-hmm. still – is a huge part right and so if you trade for a buddy healed a, a miles turner they're gonna they're going to think they are in the third and fourth tier of like of where the offense should run and that's like really tough to throw anyone but like right in the middle of a season like those are tough things to just throw in. And I think the shooter is a little bit more easy to compatible. Is a lot more compatible. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to just trade for Boyan Bognanovich, then, like, I think that's just something you can fit right in. But a rush trade is a monumental change to your team. He's still playing. So he's for the season at 28 minutes a game. That's a lot of minutes to just, you know, diver- divert somewhere else, even though we think it's the right decision. It's still... Like, those are, those are tough things to kind of throw to coach. And that's why, like, I think it should have been, I think the point that you were making, like, just pick a pick a road, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we're standing at the fork and just being like, yeah, let's see what the weather's like in a few days, and then we'll choose we're doing, our, di- our direction.
0: We're, like, we're, for this example, we're running, but we're doing the thing yeah, where... Okay. We're doing the stutter step feet, where you know okay. I'd say like maybe a football player does this more often. The stutter step feet, where you're like, okay, I'm gonna go left or right. What am I gonna do? Am I going left or right? I'm yeah. going left or right. But the Lakers are like in a constant. They've been in that <laughs> spot since like July, and it's yeah. just like the defender's just like at this point the defender's looking. I'm like, man, just pick. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> just pick. Just pick what side you're going to. I'll catch up after it. Like I don't even care. Um. yeah man I mean even you said he was averaging 28 minutes per game over in the season just in the last five games he's actually averaging the six most uh, minutes per game which you know yeah. is pretty good you know trend for the fact that we might trade him but like you said those bench lineups like my worry is that losing Russ is going to lose a lot of pace and speed that we have across the team just like in general because you know, we've been applauding LeBron and AD, but like I just said, LeBron and AD made their uh, money against the Bucks the other night by playing methodical pick and roll, like almost walk up to the rim type of offense. And, you know, those bench lines, like you talked about, like Thomas Bryant and Wenyan Gabriel, I can tell you very much, like, I know for a fact, Russell Westbrook has made Thomas Bryant, Wenyan Gabriel, like, one and a half times the player that they normally are, just from his you 100%. Know, speed and creation alone. And, you know, and I started thinking, like, you know, I would hope that Dennis Schroeder could possibly, you know, play that type of role when, when and if um, Westbrook gets traded. I would hope Reeves could maybe replicate that type of stuff. But no matter, like, if I think they can, like, it's just a fact that Reeves and Schroeder just don't play with his type of speed. You know, there's not many players in the NBA that do frankly but I don't know it's just like I'm like looking at it and I'm kind of thinking like man it'd be really awesome if there would just be like a random floor general speedy point guard that we could get at the buyout market you know trade Russ for Buddy Heel and Miles Turner and then it's like we just pull in like you know Ricky Rubio's don't grow on trees but something <laughs> like that uh I feel like that would like I feel like that would just calm all my worries, and I'd just be like, "All right, let's get this rotation figured out over the next month. Maybe drop some losses, and then we're gonna like freaking torch this league."
1: Yeah, that that's the part that just sucks about all this is like, I watch Russ play well, and I'm happy he plays well so that we win, but it's like, it just feels so hollow because yeah, then you got to think I about know,
0: like, like, then you got to think about like, what if Russ wasn't here?
1: <laughs> not just that, like. You have to think like this team has to just, this team has to find a way to be good without him, but they can't be good without him right now. So they need him involved and bought in. And it's like, it's not fair to Russ. It's not fair to Darvin Ham. It's not like, you know, like it's, it's a whole like tree of stuff. And again, he's played extremely well. And like Russ fans, I think, kind of get it confused when they bring up the $47 million. Like no one cares like about, no one says he didn't earn every penny of that. Like no one is no one is saying that at all. It's just like from a team building salary cap cap league standpoint, like your most highest paid player can't be coming off the bench and also don't fit with your two other best players. Like that's that's a fundamental flaw of a team that just doesn't like as good as AD and LeBron been. Like it just Donnie, can we get away with these Patrick Beverly, Dennis Schroeder, Russell Westbrook lineups, please? What are we what are we doing?
0: What are we doing? I don't what like do? uh it's like you know, I'm looking at this right now, looking at the minutes in the last five or last five games. Troy Brown and Patrick Beverly should not have the same amount of minutes. Like, and I know that they play, I know that they play different positions, but we could afford some more Troy Brown minutes because, like you just said, we're putting out these three minuscule guard lineups. Like, you know, AD had fifty, uh, had a nice little fifty burger. We beat the Wizards, but what was our starting lineup for that game? I thought it was a little ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I
1: was. It's a little look. I, Darvin Ham deserves a lot of credit. Like to go Say from, to and t- to go up, from two and to go from two to ten. Well, I'm just a, saying, like going...
0: bring up bring up Avery Bradley.
1: <laughs> no, I'm I'm just saying, like to go from two to ten to ten and twelve, like as good as LeBron and AD been, like you gotta have a hell of a buy in, and you gotta have a lot of shit going for you, you know, to kind of keep that going. Um, but yeah, a little, 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 little concerning that our healthiest day was a Dennis Schroeder, Pat Bev. And Lonnie Walker, Trio. And I just thought, like, Donnie, we just had our best win of the year. We beat maybe the most physical, best defensive, huge MFing team. Why switch up after that game? Like, I just – I don't think Dennis has the pedigree that, like, where we needed to do that. Um, so, I, I – even, like, I loved our lineups in that game. Like, I just thought that was – perfect i thought you know the i think Mm -hmm. we started against milwaukee lonnie troy brown was it and pat bev right i think Mm -hmm. against milwaukee um uh, and with lebron and ad i thought that was just i thought we found a good rhythm with that um but yeah i just don't i don't i don't get it i don't we kendrick nunn got kicked out of the rotation finally (laughs) but Yeah, we need to start picking between some of these guards. Not every team is going to be Washington, Uh, so
0: like I I mean, I think there's still like even just in the Washington and the Milwaukee game, I feel like there was still a decent amount of just jump shooters for those teams just shooting over our guys. Like I don't even know how many I don't know how many closeouts Patrick Beverly had in that Bucks game on like Middleton and Drew Holiday, where he should have just like he should have just sat on the floor and waited for the the shot to go up because especially Milton. Middleton could care less about Patrick Beverly running at him. No matter how much barking like Beverly's doing, which I could freaking hear all the way up in the <laughs> upper deck when he was doing it. Like, that don't matter. And then I'm looking at it right now, man. Staring me right in my freaking face. Beverly's 12 of 54 from the three-point line. 22.2%. Like, you know, everyone's kind of got over their yips from the beginning of the season. Well, not Kendrick Nunn, but tell you what patrick beverly has not um that's just that's just bad like right away like even just dennis shooters five for sixteen to start that's freaking almost 10 percentage points better than what what patrick beverly's doing (laughs) and i don't think shooters will shot well at all it's just i don't know like i i don't really see it with patrick beverly i don't really see the defensive impact and there's sure as hell is nothing going on, on the offensive end. I think eventually he's gonna slowly creep out of the lineup, but we'll see. I don't really know. But like you said, two minute guards. I need some more Troy Brown. We shouldn't have to depend on Troy Brown for like 30 minutes, but whatever. These are the cards that we were dealt, and until you know wings or other bigs like. Bloody healed or Miles Turner come to the picture then like I think we kind of you know need to actually play respectable NBA lineups size-wise otherwise we're going to start you know having these games where we get out-rebounded again or dudes are shooting over us I don't know yeah,
1: or, or just or just don't start handicapped you know like what like I like I feel like that's just handicapped yeah or just us. like
0: Or just start your best players in terms of Austin Reeves. Like I think he should be penciled in for a starter every single night.
1: I do too. I think Austin comes off the bench to um, supplement those Russ units, right? So like in the half court, Russ has another ball handler to give to. Um, Really quickly, you were talking about Patrick Beverly. And I haven't looked at this in a while. Number one, because we were winning. And number two, it's just absolutely ugly to look at. Um, But Open threes, Patrick Beverly, this season. Mm. Would you say it was like 12 for 54 uh, yeah. on the year? Open threes. So the NBA site uh, classifies these as the defenders four to six feet away. Patrick Beverly is four for 21 on those oh shots. Um, let me see wide open. Hold on. Let's see. Wide open, the defender is six plus feet away, so basically begging you to shoot the basketball is kind of what this means. Six for twenty-seven on those shots—that's just that is incredible. So he's ten um,
0: for forty-eight on open or wide open shots. Yes, that's so. 20, just to gives, give give some con-
1: give some context here, Max Christie in his little. In his, uh, how many games? 10 games played. He's 4 for 10 on wide open threes. Because <laughs> NBA players, now, oh my god, JTA is 1 for 7 on those. Uh, Wendy and Gabriel is 3 for 11. I mean, Patrick Beverly, I don't think, is this bad a shooter. So I'm hoping there's some aggression uh, to the mean there. Uh, Russ is 15 for 54. Yeah, there's but he no doesn't, reason...
0: like, Beverly doesn't have... There's no open yeah. role on this offense for him other than catch and shoot yeah. wide open threes. Like there's no other, he's had a couple <laughs> of nice little random like floaters like in the lane, but it's like on plays where it's like, oh shoot, we got to have <laughs> do something. Like it's not like part of the offense whatsoever. His part in the offense is like nothing else other than catch and shoot threes. Um, and he's blowing it. He's blowing it big time. I didn't think so.
1: I Me and you were as high on Austin as anyone. I didn't think Austin Reeves would be better than Patrick Beverly this year by no. a lot. Like, I mean, I, you? Thought, I didn't. I thought Patrick I Beverly.
0: I thought Patrick Beverly would be clearly our third best player, including Russ, including everyone. I thought he was going to be far and away our third best player, mostly because of the defensive end, but also, you know just making threes um
1: and like like i've
0: said all the time i just don't see i don't see like the defensive impact really yeah and maybe it's because and maybe it's because the lakers trot him out every single night to essentially be the team's wing stopper when he's actually six with two and should be guarding like like he was guarding chris milton basically that entire night against the bucks and i was just sitting there like why isn't he guarding Drew Holiday? Like, that just makes <laughs> more sense. Like, I know the alternative is like putting like Troy Brown on Chris Milton and like, but like, that, like, your answer for Chris Milton can't be Patrick Beverly. Like, I don't care how much he gets to his chest or anything, he's going to shoot over him.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's another one of those like, those preseason narratives that we've just decided to stick to and just like, you know live with
0: like it's like it's remember those clippers fans. i'm blaming them <laughs> it's those clippers fans for putting this narrative out in the world and everyone's bought it
1: but when we used to play the clippers like patrick beverly would legit like have some like he runs the pick and roll and hits like a floater because our big man didn't come out like he used to have that like
0: used the
1: minnesota minnesota wasn't great last
0: year but they were a like solid like and basketball and i will say he was a large part of their stuff and i think they're missing him greatly but i don't know if it's i don't know maybe it's just because of the roster construction of this team like he just doesn't fit as you know a cog in the system on this one but like i would have thought by this point there would be like there would be maybe like two or three defensive plays in my head where patrick Reveley makes a play and then like crazy fast break that he's a part of maybe two or like just some crazy play that happens off of a turnover he forced i couldn't tell you a single one right now off the top of my head like not that the late i like i don't know every single defensive like crazy play i can think of either involves like reeves or davis not in that order
1: (laughs) i thought he would kind of be the like so in 2020 we got the good version or the best version of Avery Bradley, right? And I thought he'd be, like, a better version of that. Like, Mm -hmm. a guy who sets the tone, you know, um, who really helped us, like, on ball and, like, set this defensive tone and, and had, you know, enough offensive wit and smarts to, like, be able to be effective around two stars and just hasn't looked great. Someone said the lights are too bright. Like, he's been playing in LA. Maybe it's different playing here. I don't know, but, like... It's Come just... on, Raj. It's a different playing here. I know it's. Of, I know it's different, you're but too, like, are
0: giving too much credit to the Clippers.
1: <laughs> okay, but like, Patrick Beverly's thirty-four. You know, like, no, I don't no, expect I, the I, lights. I
0: completely, I completely disagree with that take.
1: Yeah, he's just not shooting well. He loves right? like, the lights.
0: Is... He he would he would seek out the lights while in the Clippers if they were if they weren't if the lights weren't shining on him he would seek that out. So yeah, I I disagree with that take. I think it's it's. I hope it's kind of he just doesn't fit well with the team, but it honestly might be something more sad, like he's kind of just you know, getting a little too up there in age. Or maybe it's just maybe he's just having a very prolonged, uh, bad stretch. <laughs> but with him and none, I don't I don't know if we can give them that, you know, that type type of excuse anymore.
1: Now Kendrick Nunn, I'm sorry, Donnie. Kendrick I'm Nunn's like, not for. I, Kendrick Kendrick Nunn
0: yeah. is put to like I think I tweeted the other day, he was put together a highlight tape. <laughs> of just very very bad plays like at least like beverly i can just like randomly forget he's on the floor none (laughs) it's like i can't forget because he's like handling the ball and stuff and just like oh man i told i I told you and walt uh at that bucks game during the layup lines he kind of did one of those where you know you're kind of like coming at the at an at a layup like from the you know from the baseline kind of Put up a finger yeah. roll, airballed layup, went right. It re- went right over the rim. He kind of did. He kind of laughed about it and like shook his head. And I was like, "Man, that's not far off of you in a game." I don't know. I don't know if you should be laughing about that. I think you should. I think you should focus on making these layups. Um,
1: I, I'd like to see Patrick Beverly in, uh, like, on a team. Well, I don't know if we can get there this year, but like on a team where he's not our wing defender like where he can be the guard defender or even like coming off the bench in more traditional lineups you know like i'd love Mm -hmm. to see him in that because you're right it's really annoying to like let's put patrick beverly on jeremy grant and see what happens like
0: i'll tell you i'll tell you what if now i just think about it he could end up being very important to us after a rush trade um like in terms of like maybe being a bench like point guard and just if he's not out there running the court, maybe it's, you know, maybe he's got Reeves alongside him to actually do the offensive point guard stuff, but then just have Bev in there as kind of just like the literal engine, just like, you know, yelling at people, getting Gabriel up, getting Bryant up, just like kind of organizing the show while Reeves just does the ball handling and actually makes the basket. <laughs> I think I think that could be kind of like a good role for him. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, like I still think he's a like, I think, you know, a lot of the...
0: He's... Okay, we'll for, just say right now, he's not Kendrick, non.
1: No, and, like, he does a lot of this activity for productivity, like, where it gets, yeah. you know, it gets mixed up. But I do think, like, Patrick Beverly is not a vet men NBA player. Like, at no. least he wasn't supposed to be, right? Like, that's what he's giving you right now. He's giving you vet men production on a 10 million... 10 million? 13 million? I don't remember what his actual contract is. It's like nine... Um,
0: it's nine. Something.
1: It's nine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, very <laughs> like one of the highest paid players on the team. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah. he's not giving you that, that type of production, Um, but he's not supposed to be this fringe NBA guy that gives you just hustle. Right. Like that's not what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be a productive yeah. three and D guard.
0: Like I've seen people kind of bring up like, man, he like, but his like off the court, like leadership and everything. I'm like, okay, we're paying for that. In the championship year, we're paying 1.2 million for that in the form of Jared Dudley. All right, we can't be we can't be having our fourth highest paid player one taking suspensions for being the muscle like that's a veteran minimum uh, player role. And two, we sure as hell can't have the fourth highest player paid player shooting 22.2 percent from three being mint on defense, and then other than that, being a nothing out in the court. Like um, I will say, also here, like look, me,
1: Don, Don I'm ahead. not trying to. I'm not trying to hear this leadership stuff. We're blowing 17 no no like legit. We're blowing 17-point leads in the fourth quarter against Indiana. We're blowing leads against Portland. We're blowing leads against the Kings. Um, the shot selection in those fourth quarters is disgusting. And Patrick Beverly is on the floor for a lot of that. hmm Like, I'm not trying to hear it. Like, if you're you know, like if you're gonna spit this, I'm gonna be the floor vocal. I'm gonna tell LeBron and Anthony Davis what everyone else is scared to tell them or you know all this stuff you can't blow these leads to those teams like that's like so like i'm not trying to hear that like i think a lot of that matters like when you're a good team and then your margins kind of you know kind of dictate how great you are then yeah, Mm -hmm. the jared dudley's the rajon rondo iq the you know all that stuff really comes into play when you're in two and ten like there's nothing Patrick Beverly's gonna say to like flip the team. It's Anthony Davis being like, "Oh yeah, the league can't fucking guard me. Like, um, let me go get us back in this season." You know, excuse yeah. my language. Um,
0: but- here, I'll here I'll end on a couple things. The the first thing will be here. What should I start? First thing will be, and I told you and Walt this, but I'll say it on the pod when I was at the Bucks game, a Milwaukee fan mm-hmm. behind me, and I thought about this when you were talking about the salary. I didn't tell you about the salary part of the conversation, so. But Bucks fan behind me, and I think this was like, this is in the first quarter, I think, while Beverly's still out there. Guy goes, they were kind of like, you know, talking mess about Patrick Beverly or something. They kind of said like, yeah, he, uh, he's a more caffeinated West Matthews, basically. And I just sat there, and I almost, I honestly, like, I wanted to turn around and be like, "Brother, I'm right there with you." That is a perfect description. And then, and then they kind of said, um, and I actually did almost jump in the conversation at this point because then the other guy, <laughs> the other guy goes, "Yeah, and Patrick Beverly's getting paid more, right?" I almost turned around and was like, "Yeah." About seven million dollars more. I know Wesley Matthews is getting that vet minimum from you guys. Like I, you I, know, I honestly should have turned around because I had nothing nothing but bad things to say about the Lakers. Um and then the last thing I'll say, uh unless you got something else you want to say, but uh this kind of seems like we're setting ourselves up for a big Patrick Beverly. Cleveland Cavaliers game where he's just oh like, god
1: I hope so where he's oh, just I tormenting
0: so. Darius Garland or Donovan Mitchell and like creating like a bunch of turnovers and stuff like that I'm like you know hey maybe we should just start ending these pods with like calling our shot because now yeah. I kind of feel like this is gonna happen like two pods in a row so I like you said I would love to see that because neutralizing one of those two guys would uh do a lot for the Lakers chances tomorrow against those guys
1: so before the Bucks game, uh, I tweeted um, result is likely guaranteed already. But oh. you know, I'd love to. See. And man, did people have fun with that one after? And look, I'm happy to be wrong about that. Like I, I, I mean, more
0: than glad to be wrong about that. Raj, I was one of the many people who definitely interacted with that tweet before and after the game. Uh, I think I sent you. I think I. I don't know if you, I don't even remember if you saw it, but I think I sent the, in our group chat. I said, Raj, I'm about to end you. And then, and then immediately hopped back into the mentions of that tweet. I had it ready to go. Um, I had that stuff ready to go at halftime. I was scared. I was jinxing the game. I was like, let me go, let me go find this Raj tweet before, before the game goes in. I think I saw it and I think I saw your picture, but I saw the tweet and my brain was going like, wait, this isn't a Raj tweet. This is oh, Raj. Yes, he yes. just, I did he see just said the result is likely that. guaranteed. Like that's not Raj.
1: Look, man, the Bucks were fifteen and no, five. No, I agree. I agree. We were we were happy to beat a Portland team without Damian Lillard. We just blew a seventeen. <laughs> by the way, they'll know this by the time or whatever how podcasts work. But um Andrew Nemhard, who hit the game winner on us, dropped. Thirty points I you, 31, yeah. against the Warriors on the road to beat them. Um, so, Indiana's not bad. I mean, you know that loss still is awful, but you know Andrew Nebhart is not some uh, some random guy who just here. Let's
0: um, let's end on this. Is this is okay. it? Is it improve or worsen the Lakers' chances at? oh man trading for buddy heel and miles turner if the lakers <laughs> and the pacers both continue to win
1: what's crazy you know what Nani, i think i mean i would like to just not hear those names anymore until they're <laughs> on the actual i team. honestly
0: at this point i'm like i'm i'm in my brain i think i think my brain thinks that they are going to be lakers like it's not an if, it's not a when or an if okay it's No, it is a when. Sorry. It's not an if. Like, in my mind, they're going to be Lakers. And I can admit, that is, like, honestly, at this point, probably not likely at all. But it's just, how many, oh, my God, we've talked about Buddy Heald so much. So much. Like, you're telling me that we're, like, I'm going to go another year without him Donnie, a
1: Lakers This This didn't get enough. Pub to me, even in our Slack or like online. Miles Turner went on a podcast with Woj. <laughs> the first twenty second, the first question was by Woj to Miles Turner, who's not a Laker, who's not affiliated by the Lakers. So Woj this is within thirty work.
0: seconds. This is within thirty seconds of the pod even being on in your headphones.
1: <laughs> yes, Woj is not affiliated with the Lakers. Doesn't work for the Lakers. He has no ties with them. First question is. Hey, Miles, uh, would you trade the picks? <laughs> I mean, if you, like, the amount of, like, I don't know, like, the amount of, because, like, people don't see the backstories, right? It's not like Miles Turner was like, hey, Wolge, like, let's do a pot, or, or Wolge was like, hey, Miles, let's do a pot. Oh, yeah, let's go do it. Like, I'm sure agents got involved. Okay, and then, yeah. Like, and then, like, you know what I mean? And, like, yeah. what questions are going to be asked and filtered and, you know, prepared and what are we going to discuss? Is this a... For that to be the first, like thing to pop to me, really was a lot of, a lot of flags were were kind of waved. So I see your point there. It's just like um, this team has been good enough where like it deserves basketball conversation around it. You know? Yeah, like no, I'm it, they they deserve to be talked about in a basketball sense, and it just sucks that every conversation gets rooted back to would you trade for like no other team has talked about like this like Mm-mm. at all no other team is discussed in this way none and there's a lot of middling freaking teams out there jay crowder as jay crowder has jay Crowder's been sitting on the bench at home bench at home doesn't make sense but he's been sitting at home the whole season and it's like a sidebar in the phoenix suns season um
0: so Zero. They're really, Kevin Durant
1: really... arrested a damn trade, Donnie, over the summer and the Nets just move on and play basketball and they have a lot of other shit that went on, obviously, but like, you know, I don't know. No other team has talked about this way. Sorry. Go there's.
0: Ahead. I really don't think there's ever been a situation like this ever in NBA history where there's the guy getting paid the most on the team still playing a lot on the team. <laughs> a lot on the team. And every single fan of the team, every single day is talking about what trade to do with that guy. And it's not even the it's even the rust stands at this point, the rust stands are like, man, I just want to get my guy off this team. (laughs) Like everybody is looking for answers on how to get this guy off the team. It's crazy. I, like you said, I truly have never seen anything like it.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of a
0: situation that was like, close there's really nothing like there's nothing if, right if yeah there's nothing it's like truly a one-on-one i there's i I've, <laughs> and I've heard plenty of like nba journalists who have been doing this for like 20 25 years like talk about this and they say the same thing There's like i can't think of a situation ever like this and you know why there's not other middling teams like with constant trade talk because no one does a trade in december We're like, like, I think the ESPN's Dave McMenamin the other day said like a trade is kind of imminent, which also I was like, okay, well, can I hear more rumors about this? Because you're the only person saying this is like imminent. Talking about an imminent trade in December, no one makes trades in December. Like, I feel like I've heard a lot of writers talk about like, December 15th is a big day. That's when like, a bunch of players who were signed this offseason become trade eligible. Yeah, this happens every single year, and they're still never trades in December. Like you guys are acting like this is a huge day every single year. No, it's just like it becomes December fifteenth, and
1: like yeah, that never. Look, so I'm looking at the teams right now, and like Dallas made the damn Western Conference Finals last year. They're twelve and eleven. No one's like, there's nothing going every day. Being like, oh, let's trade our two picks that we have. Like, what about
0: what about the? Well, actually, I was gonna say what about the Warriors, but now they are kind of getting to. Should they just go ahead and trade James Wiseman? Talk so they are kind of getting into this mix now of just constant trade talk.
1: They they are, but I mean, Wiseman has been sent to the G League. He's not playing for the team anymore. Right, right? like he's not he's not an active participant. The other comparison last season was gonna John Wall. A,
0: they're going to take a huge L on that draft pick, though. Uh, way. That's Yeah, 100, 100%. That's, like, that's going to be a rough one to look back on.
1: But, like, the other comparison, right, was John Wall last year.
0: John Wall wasn't playing.
1: That's what I'm saying. The Rockets sent John Wall home. And, plus, Houston was obviously had other, you know, winning wasn't a priority for them. It was right. developing Jalen Green and all those players. So it's why, like, I think all summer we were like, there's no way they'll go in the season with him. There's (laughs) there's no way, right? Because of all these factors that we just listed. And now you start two and 10 and, you know, and Russ has been a part of the winning, which, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's playing 30 minutes a game. So obviously he's either going to be a part of hurting it. And he's been a part of helping the team and it's found a groove. And now we have these conversations, which is just so annoying because we're 20 games in and these are like, these are like off season, you know. There's no basketball games around. That's the whole point of the summer. You get like months <laughs> to like. Uh, they gave us discuss. the worst summer. That's what I'm worst saying. like you have a, exactly, you have a whole summer to discuss and debate and to go back and forth and put it on whiteboards and post it notes and you know <laughs> and and whatever place you take notes on and do graphs and workflow stuff and like you just were like yeah we're not doing anything (laughs) it's like it's so absurd what we're going through and uh that's where that's where we are
0: hey on that note we're gonna i'm gonna make a little well you'll you'll have to make me remember this clip (laughs) but i vow that we won't do any trade talk next podcast Okay. Unless, unless a big report comes out, then
1: unless a trade happens,
0: <laughs> unless a trade happens or like actual names other than Buddy Hield and Miles Turner get rumored <laughs> to be connected to the Lakers, we'll talk about it. Other than that, hopefully, uh, we'll kind of end the pod th- with this. We'll be talking about wins against Cleveland Cavaliers on Tuesday, Raptors on Wednesday, the Seventy Sixers on Friday, and sure as hell, I hope. The Lakers finish off their road trip with a win in Detroit on Sunday, December 11th. I don't know if we're going to record on the Monday, the 12th, with a pod posting December 13th. If we do, we'll be uh, previewing that big, about big, this? big time matchup against this? Boston Celtics. What
1: if they beat Cleveland? If they beat Cleveland and Toronto, we're recording on Thursday. Like that's if they beat Cleveland and Toronto back to back. Recording on Thursday.
0: Mm, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. <laughs> I'll see if I can clear my schedule. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We'll see. I, I here's about this. I'm mostly looking at that Celtics game. I don't know if I want to record before the Celtics game, have a big win, and then not record after it. The Celtics game
1: is a home game, right?
0: Yeah, it's the first home game after the road trip. I mean, it's like right after the road trip, basically.
1: Okay. Okay, yeah. That's so fine. either way, too.
0: next pod, we'll either be previewing or recapping the Celtics game. I'd probably prefer to do a little recap. Okay. We'll see. We'll see what we do. Uh, so you'll either get a pod on Tuesday or mm, Thursday. We will see. Hoping for a strong start, uh, end of the road trip. Hope for a win. Tonight, if you're listening to us against the Cavs, uh, we will see you next week for that next podcast. Uh, for Raj, my name is Donnie McHenry. Just got to thank you guys a lot for listening to us, and we will see you next time. Peace.